Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Come on, let's all stand to our feet real quick. We got, it's a spring break crowd. We got to shake off the tiredness and the sluggardness this here this morning. Come on, I just want to welcome, come on, welcome in our campuses, those at Orange Park, St. John's, welcome. Welcome, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, come on, let's put our hands together. Spring break crowd is in the house. Are you guys excited about some of the building projects? How about a prayer room? My house will be called a house of prayer. It's gonna be a hub, man. We're gonna touch the world for Jesus from right here in Jacksonville, Florida, amen? Amen, you guys can go ahead and be seated, but I just felt like y'all just needed to wake up a little bit. I know y'all are gonna be more awake than the first crowd. So spring break. Have y'all been enjoying uh, March Madness, anybody? A few people? Yeah, it's fun times. Spring break weather. Who likes being in Jacksonville in the spring? It's a good place to be. Pastor's been traveling. He was in uh, Paris and Israel. He was recording a TV show last week. He was supposed to be here today. He wasn't feeling well. So we said, hey, Pastor, we got this. You know, get rest. How many of you want your pastor to feel good and be healthy? Amen? Amen. So I talked to him last night, but God gave me a word for this morning. So be ready to receive God's word. If you're ready, say amen. 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 So you can open your Bibles up to uh, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. And I was praying through this passage last night. And uh, man, I really feel like God gave me a word for us today. I want to talk about breaking inferiority. Breaking inferiority. And I I got this out of Revelation chapter 3. Let's go ahead and put the, um, let me just read the passage. Go ahead and put Revelation chapter 3 up there. It says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength. Some of you said, that's me. I just got a little strength here today. Have kept my word and have not denied my name. I want to talk to you about breaking inferiority. We're going to look at this church here in Philadelphia. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for the word of God. We open our hearts today to just receive what you have for us. God, we thank you that your word is powerful, it's living, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and we can leave changed, closer, on fire for you, more in love for you, Jesus, than we ever have been before. And everybody said, amen, amen. This church in Philadelphia. So John is, is writing this letter to this church. And it's, let me give you a little background to help you understand where I'm going with this. So this church in Philadelphia, it was also known as, in the city of Philadelphia was also known as Little Athens. This was a city of international commerce. There was uh, Orthodox Jews who lived here. Can you picture this international city? Little Athens, the gateway to Asia right here. Hustle, bustle of the city life. Many of the religious people worshipped uh, a Greek god named Di- Dionysus. 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 I can't really say it. Okay, there you go. Well, I'm from Louisiana, and the, the Cajun name for the Roman, the Roman name for this god is uh, 
Bacchus. So when I grew up, you would hear about the Bacchus parade, right? And Mardi Gras. It's the same God. It's the God of wine. And so this Greek God, people said that there would be ritual madness and ecstasy, and you went and worshiped the God Bacchus, and you wouldn't have any more worries. You wouldn't have any more care. God said, that's a whole lot like Mardi Gras. That reminds me of my childhood and Mardi Gras. So this was the picture of this city, Philadelphia. Can you picture this church that here in the city representing the gospel, this band of believers, this band of followers here in this giant city where there's international commerce, there's Greek, there's this Jewish Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Jews here, there's this false it's false to us, but there was this worship of this God, Bacchus, the God of wine. And they're just, can you see how the people of God there, they could feel inferior. They could feel like they're not making any a difference. And they're just hanging on to make it and to survive and to preach the message of Jesus. In the title of my Bible, it says, the faithful church. Right in the middle of this carnival type of an atmosphere to me, there was a church that stood strong, that held, that held fast, that was faithful. And I, I was reading this passage and I kept saying, I see a lot of this for today. And then I see a lot of this passage for the other side in the New Jerusalem. I see both because that's what Jesus is writing here. Paul, excuse me, John is writing this to the church there in Philadelphia, these letters to the churches. He's showing you're the faithful, faithful church. And I want to talk to you about breaking inferiority. Many times God's people feel inferior. We know that we have a spiritual enemy. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. He wants to still kill and destroy. He wants to intimidate us. The scripture says God has not given us a spirit of what? A spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity. And I believe that if he will give us a spirit of fear, he wants to give us a spirit of inferiority. They're like brothers. And he wants you to feel inferior. And I believe that this is a prophetic word for those of you who came to church today. Those are the campuses. I really believe that God wants to do something in your heart and your life and break a spirit of inferiority in your life. Amen. A mentality of inferiority a stronghold of inferiority. See, there was this church in Philadelphia and the scripture says they were faithful. They held fast. They were this small church, but there was something about them. They held strong. They stayed obedient. And it, that church lasted for 1400 years. They were a faithful church. They overcame the spirit of inferiority. They were small. They were in this city, but they stood, stood fast for the gospel. And so what does inferior mean? Lower in station, rank, degree, or grade. Lower in a place or position. Some of you, you came this morning, you said, I have these feelings. I feel like this often. Closer to the bottom or base of comparatively low grade, poor in quality, substandard, an inferior product, less important, valuable, are worthy. Some of you said that that's me. I just feel less valuable, less worthy. When I come in, even in, when I come to church, that's how I feel sometimes. Some of you, you've been through a divorce or something. 
And when, you know, you, sometimes that just creeps up on you or you filed bankruptcy or you made some mistakes. Some of you have been in prison, you've been in jail and now you're out, but that just haunts you. That sits in the back of your mind. Some of you have fought an addiction and for years and years you were labeled as the person who was an addict. And when you're around some people, you feel inferior. You go over to certain people's house, you go to certain places, and you just feel inferior. You feel like, I just don't have what it takes. I just don't measure up. This is who I am. Can't you see how the enemy would love to sit on your shoulder and whisper a voice that makes you feel inferior and keep you from having the confidence and the edge that the Lord wants you to have? Can't you see that? Some of you, you're around... Come on, let's put our hands together for the power of God that wants to break inferiority. Sometimes it's certain family members. You get together with certain family members and it just brings up the past and you just feel inferior, like you don't measure up. There's certain people, and I think we all face these feelings at times. But I think for some of us, it's a stronghold. It's a, what's a stronghold? It's a a way of thinking. It's an ungodly and unhealthy thinking pattern that needs to be broken in the name of Jesus. And, and you need to put on the mind of Christ and you need to recognize, man, that thought, that pattern is not from God. And I want you to look at this passage with me in Revelation 3. I'm gonna show you how to break inferiority in your life. If we're gonna be the priest of our home. We've got to break this inferiority in our life. Maybe, come on, if you're, if you're a man and you have a family, lift your hand up all over this place. Let me see them. Look at all the men in the house. Come on, let's put our hands together for the men. Amen. God's been doing something real unique here at Celebration Church, and we've had a call to be the priest of our home. And some of you, you, maybe you take some time and you begin to serve communion to your family, but you just feel, man, I'm not worthy to do this. This is the same old dad. That's the same old me. I don't know the scriptures. I don't feel like I can pray. Maybe you've never said a prayer out loud to your wife or to your family, to your children. You've never spoke a blessing. You've never said a prayer over them. Man, I want to challenge you. Overcome that inferiority. If you're gonna be the priest of your home, you've gotta rise up and you've gotta press past these feelings and you've gotta speak that blessing in your home. You've gotta take authority in there, why? Because you have an anointing to be the priest of your home. You said, I don't know how to do it, I don't, I'm not good enough. Listen, you have an anointing to be the priest of your home. God has anointed you to have that office in your home, to, to fill that place for your family. And so if you don't feel good enough, that's not from God. You had a bad day. You had a bad day at work. You're tired. Just say the prayer. Speak the blessing. Overcome that. Inf don't listen to that enemy who wants to tell you you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not spiritual enough. Because there's something about demonstrating that in your home. We've always reached a lot of single ladies in Celebration Church, always. A lot of single moms in our house. We've always reached out to them. I remember from the very beginning, we would try to serve single moms 
and help them in their life because we know how difficult it can be. If you'd say, that's me, I'm a single mom, lift your hand up. Amen, look at all the single moms of Celebration Church. And we're thankful that this is your family. Amen. And I, want, I have a word for you. I want to encourage you. I can't imagine how hard it is. It's hard enough to raise a family, to raise some kids. With a husband and wife, it's hard. And trying to do it by yourself, ladies. We just want to encourage you as your spiritual family today. And we want to encourage you. We want to speak a word into your life right now that you have what it takes. And God is able to fill the gap in your family with other people and your, child, your son and your daughter, it's unlimited how far they can go if you just don't give up. If you just keep doing your best, you're not inferior. You have what it takes to raise them up and they can serve the Lord and they can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can even ask or think if you just keep fighting the fight of faith, moms. Amen, that's a word for some of you today. You're not inferior. You don't have to be embarrassed for mistakes you made in the past or what was happened to you that wasn't fair. You just keep going. You keep going and you keep serving the Lord and he can put the pieces together and he can make all of your dreams come true. Amen. Many believers see themselves as inferior. Can you think of the disciples? These are just uneducated. The scripture says they were unlearned, uneducated men. Some fishermen versus the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, pitch, a picture of power, pride, and strength, and some ragtag fishermen. Can, can't you imagine how they must have felt? Inferior Jewish priests with all of the education and the religious training, and you got Peter, a ragtag fisherman, i tell you something, they fought feelings of inferiority, didn't they? But what happened? They had been with Jesus, friend. And Jesus was not inferior. And he didn't feel inferior because Jesus knew where he was from. He knew who he was and he knew where he was going. And they had been with him. And when you've been with Jesus, you get a boldness. You get an identity. And Peter said this, I mean, he denied Jesus to a servant girl, but he said this, grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Man, these fishermen were on fire now. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word and stretch out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Man, they, they, this inferiority was broken off their life. I'm going to show you two things that will break inferiority in your life from this passage. His name and his spirit. We'll get there in just a moment. Jesus was not inferior. He didn't have a spirit of fear or timidity. God has not given us the spirit of fear. I wrote this down in my Bible years ago. It says, timidity, inferiority, it shuts many a door of usefulness. It loses many a precious opportunity. It wins no friends while it strengthens every enemy. The Scottish revivalist Horatius Bonar wrote that, and I wrote it down in my Bible probably almost 20 years ago. 
And I, I, it, it speaks to me. It wins no friends and it strengthens every enemy. You can't step into what God has called you to do with the spirit of inferiority in your life, timidity in your life. And so some people say, well, I'm just meek. I'm just humble. Listen, could it be a false humility? Could it be a false meekness that's really just a spirit of inferiority that's trying to keep you in a back seat and keep you away from what God's called you to do? And, and, and year after year, this spirit is keeping you away and God's called, he has a calling and anointing on your life and he's looking for you to step into it. And you just need to hear a word from him that says this spirit of inferiority is broken over your life, that you're more than a conqueror through him who loves you, that you do have what it takes, that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside you that he's the lifter of your head, that you don't have to live in shame and insecurity anymore? How do we defeat this enemy? According to the power that works in us, the Bible says. You're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. We have to decrease and he increases in our life. And so the accuser says this, you are weak. You can't make it, you don't have what it takes and you feel insecure, you feel inferior at times. But the answer is not our inferiority. In fact, it has nothing to do with our inferiority. It's about his superiority that we have to remember and that we have to walk in. So it's not trying harder. It's not improving yourself. In fact, it's going to the cross and decreasing and letting him live through you. It's living the life of another. It's a supernatural life, whereas we decrease, he increases and lives through us. We go to the cross. Paul said, I die daily. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And this life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. You start to live like that, he's living through you. It's his spirit, it's the fruit of his spirit in your life. The flesh profits nothing. You begin to live like that and now you're living a supernatural life. He's living through you. And you start to walk in that, that spirit man revelation and inferiority is gonna be broken in your life because in your weakness, he's strong. That's how it's broken. The indwelling Christ living through you. And so let's look at this passage the next few minutes in Revelation chapter three. It says, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. Do you know what the key of David is? This is very interesting to me. It's the messianic key the house of David. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. You could write it down, Isaiah 22, 22. It's easy to remember, it's all twos, right? Okay, it says, it will be on his shoulder, the key of David. It's prophesying of Jesus. Isaiah 22 says this, the key of the house of David I will lay upon his shoulder. Speaking of Jesus, 
it means that Jesus has the authority. It says, he shall open and no one shall shut and he shall shut and no one shall open. That authority was given to Jesus, the authority of the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. When Jesus opens the door of the kingdom, no one can shut it. When Jesus shuts it, no one can open it. It says this will be on his shoulder. What does that mean? It speaks of government. It speaks of authority. It speaks of the cross. So when he went to the cross and he defeated principalities and powers, he said this, all authority has been given to me. When Jesus opens a door, it's open, friend. And what happened? He sent out the 12 and he says, the same authority I have, he says, I send you out with power. I send you out with authority. So now he's living through you and you have authority in his name. And so he gives you the authority. And so look what the scripture says in Revelation. It says, he's giving, he has the key of David. He opens and no one shuts. He shuts and no one opens. Speaking of all authority, all authority. He says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. Look, when Jesus opens a door, it's open. And some of you have been trying and looking for open doors and open doors. But when Jesus opens it, you just have to step into it. He says, I set before you an open door, a door of eternal life, a door of opportunity. In fact, it says, no one can shut it for you have a little strength. He says, you've kept my word and have not denied my name. In my Bible, it says a faithful church. He says, you've kept my word. Obedience brings opportunity. You keep his word and a door is gonna open. Obedience brings opportunity. You don't know what to do. You just keep doing the right thing. You just stay in the race. You finish, you fight the fight of faith. You stay in the race. A faithful church, a faithful man, a faithful woman. The doors are gonna open. In this passage, I just feel like we see some of what's happening now and we see some of what's gonna happen on the other side. I'll show you what I'm talking about. It says, you have endured till the end. It says this, no one can open and no one can shut. To me, that just speaks of God's favor. When God's favor's on you, friend, the scripture says this, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. He says, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. I like this. No one, this is what he says, hold fast, keep going. Don't let anyone take your crown. What does that mean? It's not speaking of a crown like a king would wear. It's speaking of a victor's crown, an athletic crown, like a wreath a garland that would put on your head when you win a race. He's saying this, don't let anyone take your crown. He say, what he's saying is, fight the fight of faith. Keep going. He says, you just have a little strength, but just keep going. Don't let anyone take your crown. Don't let the enemy take your crown. Don't let it, a spirit of inferiority take your crown. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy and let it take your crown. 
Finish the race that you started. Be a faithful church. He says this, you have a little strength. Some of you said, that's me. I came to spring break church service today. I just had a little strength. I got to go back to work tomorrow. (laughs) I'm not happy about it. Anybody, anybody. That's me. It's Sunday tomorrow. I got to go back. I've been out. Or some of you are like, my spring break starts tomorrow. Anybody with that? A few people. Okay, yeah. So listen, you have a little strength, he says. He said, I know your works. Man, this is so good. I was studying this passage last night. That word strength, it means power. It's the same word that's translated, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And the Lord says this, you have a little strength. It means, it's dunamis, it means miracle working power. So you have a little strength, but that's all the strength that you need. He says this, you have miracle working power. It's all that you need. He said, if you don't give up, if you just rely on the miraculous power I've given you, don't quit. Finish the race, fight the fight, and you're gonna receive a crown. You're gonna be a pillar in the house of God, it says. And I just have a word for you. You, Some of you, you feel like you're inferior. You carry it. I'll never measure up. I'll never be as good as this person or that person. I've made too many mistakes. My best years are behind me. It's inferior. Spirit, mentality, stronghold, lies of the enemy. And some of you need to hear, you've you've just got a little strength, but that's all the strength that you need. You have the miracle working power, the spirit of God inside you. And you need to remember that he's the lifter of your head. And that's all the strength that you need. That's all the confidence that you need is him living through you, him putting his spirit inside you, him giving you that dunamis power to overcome and to be an overcomer in life. And you start to see yourself differently. And it's not because of your strength, it's because of his. You might feel inferior, but it's his superiority in your life. He's superior, he's the conqueror. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he lives inside you, and he's deposited his spirit in you. And he's, it's just a little strength, but it's all the strength that you need to live. It's all the strength that you need to finish this race and to do the assignment that he's called you to do, single mom. To be the priest of your home, dad. To live for God. To be a holy man in Jacksonville, young single man. Amen. To use your singleness for his glory and not just yourself. It's all, he's given you all that you need to live for him. You have a little strength. It's all that you need. You say, I've just made too many mistakes. Listen, it's not about your strength. It's about his strength. When we're faithless, 
he remains faithful. The enemy wants to come and whisper your mistakes to you. Yes, yes, I've dropped the ball. Yes, I've made mistakes. That's right. No, I'm not perfect. That's right. But he is. He forgives me of all of my sins. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed my sins from me. I'm washed white as snow. There's no condemnation, no separation. Amen? Don't listen to those lies. He says, the scripture says, you have need of endurance. That after you have done the will of God, you may inherit the promise. Some of you need to hear that. You have need of endurance. You have a little strength. But that's really the miracle working power of God. And you have need of endurance to finish the race, to fight the fight of faith. It's not just a sprint, but it's a marathon. God sees the end from the beginning. Seasons change. You're in a difficult one now, but it could be just a test. It could be just preparation. Maybe God needed to teach you something. Maybe he wants you, he has something bigger for you to do. Maybe he needs to refine your character a little bit in this season to get you through it. And if you just stay the course, don't succumb to a spirit of inferiority and just throw the towel in. Man, live for eternity. Have an eternal perspective. Try to see the end from the beginning. And in this passage, we see a, a little bit of this side and we see a little bit of what it's like on the other side. Because he says, he who overcomes, I will give the crown. He who overcomes shall be a pillar in the house of my God. It's a vision of the other side to me. A pillar, a supporter that sustains and upholds God's house. Some of you are pillars in the house of God. Some of you, you're pillars in his house. You're here all the time. You serve, you give. You're the priest of your home. You live for God outside the walls of this church, at your workplace, at school. You live for him. You're a pillar in his house. But the scripture says, some of you are going to be a pillar. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. Some of you are pillars in God's kingdom now, but it's just preparation of the pillar you're gonna be in the new Jerusalem, in his house. Oh, man. And when he puts that crown on your head, friend, it's all gonna be worth it living for him, living for eternity. The scripture says the last will be first and the first will be last. It reminds me of this passage in Revelation where he says, I saw the, the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, the book of life. And it, the, the books were opened. What is that? That's the works. All of your works are shown in the books. And what does it mean? That, that verse just speaks to me. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, it says. The, from the poorest person in Ethiopia to the most wealthy billionaire on the earth, 
they're both standing before God and books are opened. Their works. What did you do with Jesus? How did you live? And we see a picture on this side because it says, some, some of you, you're pillars. And when you get on this side, you're going to be a pillar in his temple. You know what it means? A monument raised to commemorate a person. To demonstrate his faithfulness to you. You're a monument. You're a pillar in his house. You're demonstrating Jesus. You live for him. You're commemorating his faithfulness through you. You chose to live for eternity. You chose to finish the race. He says, I will write on him the name of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven. I'll write on him my new name. How do we overcome inferiority? How do we overcome it? Through his spirit and his name. He says, I will write on you a new name. I see, to me, it's a picture of what's happening now and what's gonna happen on the other side. And so we know that the name of Jesus is powerful. How do we overcome it? We say his name. You can't separate the Lord in his name. You can't, listen to that. You can't separate the Lord and his name. They're one. You say, well, that sounds weird. It sounds like a formula. It, sound, it is a mystery. It's all throughout the scriptures. There's something about the name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. You can study it through the scriptures. It's, there's power in his name. If I said, Pastor James Price, I just got his attention. When you say someone's name, you get their attention. You say, I feel inferior. Invoke the name of Jesus. You're his son. You're his daughter. He's your king. He wants to fight your battles. He wants to get in your shoes. Remember his name. Remember what family you're a part of. Remember your identity. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Don't listen to the accuser. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, a lot of that's true, but it's not true anymore because the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. Jesus, thank you that you are my healer, my deliverer. Thank you for the cross. He said, the scripture says he's, given, he's got the, tea, the key of David on his shoulder. He went to the cross and got all authority, and he's giving it to you. you so just say, Jesus, I'm here with Jesus. Jesus is with me. It's not religious, man. It's a relationship with him. He's the living Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. How do we overcome inferiority? We remember his name. We remember who we are. We don't listen to that voice of the accuser. And we also remember that we have his spirit. The Holy Spirit, the indwelling Christ lives in us. The, the band can come on up. 
Ephesians says this, you were sealed. What does that mean? So in English, we like to think it means that it's like sealing a jar. It doesn't. In the Greek, it means you were marked. You are branded with the Holy Spirit. Can you see how when you go to class, that if you, if you, have, if you remember his name, all the authority that comes with him, all authority, he's been given and he gives it to us. And you remember that you are marked, branded by the Holy Spirit. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You're marked. It's not that you're just sealed up, but he lives in you. You're branded. You belong to him. You're his son. You're his daughter. Your identity is in him. You're in his family. Can you see how that can break inferiority in your life? And you remember his name. You remember that his spirit is inside you. You're marked. The only person that can put a label on you is the one that created you. The accuser can't put a label on you. He's the only one that can label you. He's the only one that can brand you. And the scripture says he has deposited his spirit in you as a guarantee. Man, you've got to start walking in this, I call it a spirit man revelation. You know who you are in Christ. You know that you have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of him and not of us. So yes, you feel inferior. But you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. You can, the scripture says he's the lifter of your head. There's no more shame. There's no more condemnation. It doesn't matter who you are standing across from. You can look at them right in the face. At the foot of the cross, it's equalized. Everything's equal. And you can have a courage and a boldness in knowing who you are in him because his spirit is in you. His name and his spirit. I just believe those two things this morning. The key of David, his authority. And I believe you're going to begin to walk in an authority and a confidence. And you're going to start to live for the, just the honor and the pleasure of one person. And that's the king. And you're gonna have an eternal perspective. And you're not living just for today, but you're living for eternity. You're marked for his glory, you're marked by his spirit, and you're not gonna be tossed around by pleasing this person and inferior to that person and embarrassed about this mistake and be in this place. You're living for the king. Come on, stand to your feet. Here's what I wanna pray as we close. If you say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I've, I've just been struggling. We all have insecurity and inferiority at, our at times in our life. We all do. But if you'd say, that's me. I've just been struggling with this. I, it's something in my life. I want to pray for you. If that's you, lift your hand up. Come on, all over the place. Those of you who lifted your hands, I want to invite you to come around the altar. Pastor James, my wife Ashley, all of our pastors are over here and our, our altar team, prayer leaders. We want to pray for you. Come on quickly. Come quickly. So we're gonna go back into a worship song and here's what we're gonna play. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray 
for his name and his spirit. We're gonna pray for his name and his spirit and for this spirit, this mentality, this stronghold of inferiority to be broken. Come on, are y'all with me? Can y'all, y'all believe that this can happen? Yes. Yes, we believe it. So come, y'all come quickly. All, we got some space over here. All of our pastors, we're gonna pray for you. When we pray over you, we're believing that something's gonna shift and where your strength ends, his strength begins. So why have an altar call? Why believe? Because we believe that the, the doctrine of the laying all of the hands, we believe that when we pray, it's like a conduit. It's like a, a demonstration. It's like something in our spirit and your spirit and something can be broken, something can be released, something can be a freedom can be loosed in your life. And if you receive that and you believe that, it can happen. I'm telling you, you can start to sense a freedom. You can sense a freedom because his blood and his word and his name and his spirit sets us free. Come on, do you believe that? Those in your seats, I just wanna encourage you guys, maybe send a, extend a hand of prayer, hand of agreement forward, and we're just gonna believe. Come on, let's pray. Our pastors are gonna go through and let's try to, let's try to pray for every single person quickly. We're gonna pray over you, we're gonna touch and agree for you, we're gonna pray for his name and his spirit to break inferiority, inferiority over your life. So we're gonna go quickly and you just agree. If any two of you agree as touching anything they ask, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. So when they, when they come, you just agree with them in prayer. It's broken, it's broken. Thinking patterns are broken. Lies are recognized in the name of Jesus. Broken, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Come on, keep pressing in. That's a lie. Lies are being exposed right now. The Lord says you have what it takes. The Lord says you have everything that you need. I've given you a little strength. I have given you miracle working power. The Lord says this. When you're around that person, don't hang your head anymore. Lift your head up. The scripture says he's the lifter of our head. Lift your head up and look them in the face. Look them in the eyes. I feel like this is a word. I feel like there's some people and the enemy's using people in your life to bully you and intimidate you and make you feel inferior. And the Lord says this, when that ha- the next time that happens, you're gonna recognize it and you're gonna have a spirit of courage and boldness and strength and you're gonna look them right in the face and it's gonna be broken off your life and that intimidation is gonna be broken from now on and you're gonna be free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.